Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, Rotor Runners? Welcome to week five, the NFL Pick 6 show. I'm your host, Dean. That's Dean. 7904. If you want to get all technical, that is the daily fantasy handle around the industry. How this goes down, the NFL Pick 6 show. How does this show work? We pick three games, three games we focus on. We break it down every single possible angle. We tell you everything we like in that game, the three games that are really popping as far as this week on the main slate. The main slate, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're being deprived of the Rams and the Seahawks. Unfortunately, we're being deprived of Buffalo, Kansas City. They'll be phenomenal showdown slates. No Indy Baltimore, Sunday, that's Monday night, and no. This is, kind of, this is probably a nice thing. We don't deal with Kyle Pitts in the main slate. No Jets, no Falcons. Uh, that's, that's England's problem. That's London's problem. After we talk about the three games, the three main games in the slate, then we run it back, talk about our favorite players at each position. Do you want to say what up to chat? What up, chat? Do you like, do you subscribe, turn on notifications? Most people watch this show on a replay, but there are some. I got my eye on the chat there. And if you happen to mention some of the players, if like we're talking about quarterbacks, say, what about this guy? I'll do my best to shout out and see but two of the absolute best experts in the business, their opinions as far as week five, DFS, Rich Rebar of Sharp Football Analysis. Rich, uh, how are things in your world? I'm doing real good. You know, hey, uh, five weeks in, we flipped the calendar to October. Uh, bye weeks will start next week. Uh, I, I will say, though, yeah, it's going to be a long Sunday because we've got that game of the week, you know, Bills Chiefs on Sunday night, but then we're starting real early in the morning. I know it's just Jets Falcons, but, you know, we'll be there watching it. So it's going to be a marathon on Sunday. Are we going to be there watching it? I am. I mean, I, I, oh, you don't have you don't have a TV that doesn't have red zone. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's got to be on like NFL Network or something like that or Amazon, right? It's I kind know. of a fun game. We saw Zach Wilson when he stays upright, complete four or five passes, twenty yards deep. Also, Ryan his a dot changed twelve and a half air yards per attempt. That makes it somewhat fun. Also, like they rigged those London games to give the crowd. A uh, fan pleaser. So now imagine two years removed, they got to pump this thing up. So uh, I would expect the fewest DPIs we've ever seen in our lifetime. I do like the uh, the conspiracy theory that they, they do the best. <laughs> I mean, look, if we're really trying to market the game, though, what are we doing to give them Jets Falcons? That's the best. Well, like we give them the Jaguar, like a Jaguars are their home team, right? Like, so they don't have a Jaguars game. <laughs> there, there's no guarantee Urban would make that flight to London. They had to change it to the Jets. Or back. He might not make it back. They're just going to leave. Do the Jaguars have a London game this year? I assume they do. I'm guessing they do, but I, I, they seem to have one every single season, I suppose, right? And their owner has ties. Doesn't he have like a football team over he's there? At a, yeah, he's got a, a club. Yeah. Um, all right. So, oh, that was John Daigle. You guys know John Daigle from NBC Sports. Uh, a good football pos- a good football show podcast. Catch that on the uh, iTunes, I presume. Anywhere you can go find podcasts? Yes? It is good, hopefully. And yes, iTunes and Spotify. Uh, off a week that I got slapped upside the head, and I actually like – 
struggled initially to sleep Sunday night because I thought even in having Tyreek Hill and fading Derrick Henry with confidence on FanDuel, I was like, how could I still have been so wrong around that? But then the next day I saw the results just to see naked Kirk Cousins take down the juke, the $1,500 entry on DK, to see in these three-man bigger tournaments, naked Sam Darnold with Dalton Schultz and Zeke runbacks, and then also the Millie winner didn't have Tyreek Hill in his lineup. And then I remember DFS stupid wow. and uh, everything actually wasn't right. <laughs> I had the right process. I was just wrong in the results. <laughs> that is that is amazing. I didn't realize that. I, and I, it was a Patterson, wild week. Yeah, Cordell Patterson week happened again. And yeah. he was somehow like pretty chalky on Vandal. And I just missed that. I, I did not get the memo. I didn't realize people were going to be playing him a ton. And he wasn't even cheap either. Like it was like 6K or something. Like o- Odell Beckham got steamed throughout the week too. He ended up being 40% in the high stakes. I'm still mad at Baker Mayfield for that terrible, terrible oh. throw. I don't want to talk about it. I, yeah. you, you live in Cleveland, right, Rebar? Like, seriously, I, I said this on Twitter the other day, and I went a little, wait, went a little rant about it. But it's like, how did he's got the best agent in the world, right? He's got like commercials all around uh, America, not just Cleveland, locally, everywhere. He's like a bottom ten quarterback in the league. How does how good is his agent? Is my question as far as far as uh, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, it was rough, man, watching him leave all those throws on that on the on the field there. I mean, Odo Beckham could have had a monster game. I'm going to tell myself the process was right. It definitely was not. But I'm going to tell myself it was correct uh, <laughs> based on uh, all the hollow. Uh, they, they weren't even prairie yards. Usually, like the typical prairie yards are. There, it was just all just. It was I don't know, man. It was like it was you know, a Drew Lockean type performance. It was just insane. <laughs> that is not a compliment to a one Drew Lock. Yeah, so the three main games are going to be focusing on batting first, leading off, and, you know, the best that's what's left, left over. No uh, no Casey, no Buffalo. That's going to be so much fun for showdown for sure. But we're talking main slate, main slate only. The first game this week we're talking about here, I'll let you open it up here, Daigle. Philadelphia at Carolina. Carolina, four-point favorite. 44, 44 and a half as far as the total. Carolina's defense was really good for the first three games. And, you know, they faced a real good offense in Dallas, and Dallas beat them up. There is a chance we get CMC this week. And if he gets, we get CMC this week, he's 8.7K on DK, which like, you know, you get him less than five figures on, on DK, all his catches, assuming he's like a full go. You got to love CMC this week. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as this game? Yeah, so we'll go ahead and start with the Panther side then. And remember, this is the same coaching staff that after CMC missed six games last year, they didn't care at all. They brought him back in Arrowhead and jammed him 11 targets um, over uh, over 20 touches. And then he got re-injured in the fourth quarter because, of course, they didn't care. Uh, but nonetheless, Sam Darnold's in, in my opinion, another good spot. Just because we saw the Eagles crater the Falcons' pocket for a top 10 pressure rate in week one. But since that time, it finished bottom six and pressure rate in every game since then. Eagles will also have run a majority zone coverage this year. And cover two and cover three is what Sam Darnold was eaten alive for 75% completion rate and eight and a half yards per attempt. The numbers are a little bit skewed because the Panthers are still getting an elite pass rush, the league's highest pressure rate, even though they failed to reach Dak Prescott, just so the Cowboys are too efficient in their play calling. And we'll talk about that a bit later. But even so, we have seen and I'm sure Rich is going to talk about, you know, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles side here, but we've seen that the Eagles have no issues in responding on offense, even in garbage time getting there. And so I think we'll get some pushback. And so it's another good spot for the Panthers offense to be in a uh, favorable situation throughout the game. So i here, Rich. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like Darnold again. The thing about Darnold, you just have to worry about, like, he's living so fat on these rushing touchdowns, which are just insane. Uh, I mean, only Lamar Jackson has a higher percentage of his points that come from rushing than Sam Darnold, and it's just all 
touchdowns. I mean, literally the most rushing touchdowns uh, for a quarterback through four games of a season since Ever. what 1962, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it wasn't even football. Then it was just I didn't even if they threw four passes. Uh, the quarterback was just the best player in the field and just ran at the ball. I don't know what happened back then. Better uh, <laughs> better times then because there was no red zone. uh but uh yeah i mean i i mean that's what you're just worried about uh the eagles definitely are a team that you know definitely especially since brandon graham tonight too they've been really soft against the run the past two weeks so i mean there's definitely opportunity there um obviously we'd like for it to be kind of McCaffrey back to take full advantage because he saw when Chuba Hubbard played last week he just didn't run any pass routes I mean they had Rodney Smith running all the pass routes which was kind of kind of pulled the wool on us a little bit it wasn't even Royce Freeman it was Rodney Smith was the guy running all the pass routes uh so we didn't get there with Hubbard obviously Darnold kept the uh the RPO uh, which he should have kept it and it was the perfect play call uh so we got a call holding the bag there but I mean DJ Moore just continues to romp uh so we can keep riding that I mean he's not really uh, a guy we have to worry about seeing any man coverage this game. Uh, he's just going to eat it up through the zone. We almost got there, the flop lag with Robbie Anderson, but Sam Darnold also, he kind of had the same performance. Like it was like Baker throwing to Odell with Robbie A. I mean, <laughs> none of his targets were catchable. He had a, a, a for sure touchdown that Darnold just completely like sailed on him. Uh, but really we don't have to play any of these other guys because there really is no one else. I mean, Terrace Marshall is not doing anything. Uh, he's out there exercising a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, it's really just been DJ Moore just getting jammed with targets and uh, we can just sit on him. Yeah. Marshall just not happening. Uh, you know, what he had three targets last week, two total yards. Like you said, that's, for- that's three targets and one catch in a game. They trailed by two scores in the second half. That's like the net, net worst outcome. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of him on some good lineups too. We kind of ruined him because I thought like he was a cheap way to get exposure to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the Philadelphia side? Let's kind of jump over there. Uh, are we seeing a change in the guard at running back? Is, is it going to be Hubbard's world and uh, not Hubbard Sanders is uh, kind of stepping aside for Gainwell, the rookie. Uh, and of course the quarterback, I, I love Hertz because you know, the quarterbacks with legs, give me that floor. Uh, was it Levitan that tweeted it out? Like every single start he's had at least 21 DK points, even garbage, you know, he, he, and he's out there. He's a garbage time hero. If they're losing by 30, he's still chucking. I appreciate that. My teams appreciate that. And I'm not, well, do you have any reads here, Rebar, as far as uh, this Carolina defense? Are they good? Are they not good? Like, the sample's kind of weird. Soft teams at first. Dallas beat them up. I mean, are they kind of fraud somewhere in the middle? Uh, no, I still think they're going to be an overall, you know, good defense. But teams like the Cowboys are going to be good against all defenses. Uh, but I do think that they are definitely, you know, a, a very talented defense. And, you know, they were a game for, you know, two quarters of that of that game. But uh, the, th- the thing is, they're a little bit light on the defensive front. And the Cowboys, you know, took that to advantage, you know, in the power run game uh, and were able to beat them up on the inside. But I definitely think that they're going to be a problem here. Uh, for this Eagles offensive line that is just going through it again like last year I mean last year they played 14 different offensive line combinations it was the most in the NFL they've already lost both of their guards presumably for the season uh, they've got uh, Lane Johnson did not practice again today I believe their left tackle uh, Malatai's out I mean it's just it's the, again they just don't the, the offensive line is just banged up again uh, and that's why we've seen them skew pass heavy because they really can't run the football very very effectively so they've really skewed pass heavy uh out, even outside of game script like their their pass rate over expectation is, is among the league's highest now uh so that's why they've been airing it out a little bit and uh you know at the running back thing is is a little interesting because i don't think it's as clear cut as people are making it out to be uh we like gainwell's usage uh in a negative game script they also are using him in the red zone a little bit but he's still very light in terms of like bankable opportunity i mean he ran he's run a route on just 
uh, 35% of team dropbacks, even last week, like he just ran really hot in terms of targets per route run, uh, which is fine. They're dialing up plays for him where he's one of the initial reads. Uh, but the usage is still very light. I mean, it still needs to be a lot higher before we get excited about, uh, about him. And we need to also see him get like any type of traditional kind of carries. Like he's a guy that's getting carries when they're spread out. Like he was at Memphis, you know, kind of against light boxes. So it's kind of skewing a little bit of his efficiency too. Um, but Sanders is still playing a lot more than him in terms of, you know, snaps and even routes run. So uh, I think he's still just a hold, you know, if you're in the season leagues, uh, you know, if someone wants to get aggressive, maybe you use him as one of those bargain up chips, you know, you throw Gainwell in a little spice of something and you end up getting a player you really want or someone that's coming up. Uh, so I don't really, I'm not ready to call it a changing of the guard. You're encouraged what you saw so far. Uh, but I also think this team really can't run well. And, you know, I think it's gonna be a lot of, of volatility in terms of predicting when you're going to get the kind of Gainwell game or not. And it's like you said, just the fact that they aren't running because they can't run, just 13 running back carries the past two weeks, uh, skews it all for everyone except for Hertz. 39 and 48 pass attempts on top of his eight and a half carries per game in that time. And like Levitan's tweet you mentioned, Dean, uh, Hertz has finished as a top 12 quarterback and seven full starts dating back to last year. So he just seems to be safe when he's out there, no matter the game script. And yeah, it, it's all scrambles too. Like it's crazy mm-hmm. that like they they've been so bad running the football and their offensive line is struggling, but they're not using like any RPO or design runs with Jalen Hurts. I mean, almost all of his carries are actual just just scrambles. I mean, he leads the NFL with 19 scrambles, uh, but he's you know just just barely in the top 10 in designed rushing attempts, which seems pretty wild given their circumstances. The uh, the Lane Johnson thing that was kind of a surprise and wasn't that a that was a personal issue not an actual injury I believe is that correct Do you guys know uh, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure I thought he had an actual injury before and then I thought he I had a back today, injury I could and, be wrong yeah, and then today I thought it was maybe more personal. Um, because they're going to get blitzed a lot this game. I mean, no one blitzes more than the Panthers. Uh, what's cool, though, is you don't mind when you blitz a quarterback like Jalen Hurts a lot, and he's seen yeah. the blitz a lot. That's why you see him have so many scrambles is because when you blitz a lot, you're typically playing either man coverage or the, the, the Panthers do do a lot of zone blitzing. Like I said, I have that three three five looks. Uh, but you blitz a guy like Jalen Hurts, you know, you, you, you leave the gate open. You can get some, some nice runs, you know, uh, if you don't get home uh, or you get past like that initial wave. He's not taking really any sacks at all, which is wild. Yeah, I know you mentioned before about uh, Kyler Murray, the same kind of deal. Like when you blitz him, he makes you pay for it and it opens up potential for big plays if the secondary can't hold an extra second or two if he scrambles away. Uh, the favorite uh, player to pair with Hurts, you could always play Hurts naked. I think you can play, he's one of those guys who can play naked, but if you're going to pair him with somebody, Daigle, who, who's, who's your preference? Oh, it's definitely Devonta Smith, who has at least six targets in every game, a 20% target share in three of his four starts, including last week's team high and d- with double-digit targets. Like, Dallas Goddard, oddly enough, is probably the next closest. He's the tight end eight in PPR right now. But also, like, he's getting there strictly on efficiency because him and Zach Ertz are still basically mirroring one another in routes and – targets it really just comes down to who's going to luck box and to the end zone to see who his scores more between them so i think Devonte smith and then you know if you want to get really really cute if you're playing some low stakes recreational leagues uh you take a chance on the the, the air yards that kez Watkins is getting but other than that that's probably it's really thin actually for you know a team that has passed nearly 80 times or over 80 times in the last two games we saw a guy like Cooper Cup get a huge uh, price hike. I'm looking around. Same kind of deal with DJ Moore, fully justified. 7.9K now on Fandle. Uh, on oh, they, they finally changed their mind, huh? Because last year they didn't want to move his price at all. <laughs> so, like, is, is he priced out? Of course, you can always play him in tournaments. I don't know if he's quote-unquote optimal anymore, but 
Are you still comfortable paying seven nine for more on Fanduel? Me or oh. Rich? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> Anybody? That's for the field. <laughs> uh, I mean, he is a, the type of player that's getting that. Just to have um, over a thirty percent target share in the past two games, uh, double digit targets in three or four performances. Uh, he's he's been leading this team in targets like even before Christian McCaffrey and Dan Arnold went elsewhere. So. Yeah, I think I'm comfortable with it. I haven't done build just yet with DJ Moore, but it's not a player I'm shying away from, certainly. He is the third most expensive receiver on the board. Again, this is main slate only. Devontae Adams, $300 in front. This is FanDuel specific for what it's worth. Justin Jefferson in between those, uh, Adams, and then DJ Moore at 7-9. But again, it's it's fully justified. He's been great. And a lot of good players are off the main slate, too. There's no Kansas City. There's no Buffalo. So, And you got to spend your funds somewhere. You don't have to, but. You don't yeah, get no Tyreek. Yeah, no Tyreek, no uh, Diggs. No Kelsey. Who no was Cup, great last week. No Cooper Cup, no DK Metcalf. Uh, yeah. Those are always the most fun slates because they're the wildest. Like you could justify paying down whenever uh, Travis Kelsey and the GOAT Dawson Knox are not on the slate. Oh, man. I did not have Knox last week. Uh, Darren Waller is probably going to be pretty popular because he's the next man up as far as your, your spend up on Fandle. And Fandle doesn't make it that hard to spend up on your tight ends as far as how the salary works. Any, anything else in this uh, game, Rebar, or shall we move on to game number two? No, nah, I think that's about it. I uh, just want to say hello to chat. What up, chat? Megan in chat said, this this guy's voice is hard to listen to. Who do you think? Which one of the three? Who's got the hardest voice? Oh, it's home? mine. It's definitely mine. Uh, I it? mean, she may not like cartoon accents, so it may be me. Who knows? I, I, don't think it's, I, I don't think it's me. I don't know. I, mean, I think it's me. It doesn't matter. What's up, Megan? Thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> Hi, jerk. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Giants versus Dallas. 52 is the total. Dallas is a seven point favorite. And like, because of all those, uh, get, you know, games, all those teams off the main slate here, rebar. Uh, I think the Dallas is the de facto chalk. They're going to be super popular. Big total is, you know, I think oh, this yeah. is the biggest total on the board at 52. Uh, Saquon was phenomenal last week. Uh, he used a little overtime and like a, well, a wheel route for like 50 or 60 or 70 yards, whatever it was to kind of get there. But he got there in a tough matchup against New Orleans. And like, he's, about Cal again, that's legit. Whatever sort of issues people had during draft season a month ago or so, those are gone for sure. Uh, but talking about the Cowboys first and like they're going to be super chalky and how much do you have to have of them? Yeah, I mean, they're interesting because they've kind of been a, a team like kind of Daigle hinted at. They're calling a little bit of their games based on opponent. Uh, kind of frustrating because they've been, uh, you know, very hyper efficient and it's almost like very couple years ago, like Seahawkian. Uh, Dak has thrown for 237, 238, 188 yards the past three games, but he's made up for it. He's got a 15% touchdown rate the past two weeks. Like that's not something we don't want to live this way with Dak Prescott. Uh, we're we're going to need some more. Uh, I will say though, they could open up here because, you know, 68% of the yardage allowed by the Giants has come via passing. That's only 16th in the NFL, but the past three teams Dallas has played have, have all been bottom five in that category. So we might get a little bit more of a mix here. Uh, will the game script follow or any of the giants do their part? Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're capable uh, the, from what we've seen from the first month. They're also not capable too. We don't know what we're going to get, uh, but we do like to see a little more volume for decks. We're not going to be able to live on this 15% touchdown rate, you know, for a lot longer. I mean, I, I hate to be the sustainability guy, but it's just, it's just not going to happen. Uh, and, and also, you know, we're going to see some, uh, some oscillation here, I think with the types of targets that we get, I know, 
Dago will want to talk about Dalton Schultz, but I mean, you know, Dalton Schultz is luck boxing into a lot of things here. Um, you you have to believe that he's going to basically double both CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper's targets uh, the rest of the way out, which I just don't think is something we're going to see happen. I mean, uh, it, you know, you're talking about CeeDee Lamb, just 12% and 22% target shares last two weeks, Amari Cooper, 16% and 13% we're not going to see this over the big picture. There's just no way. Now this offense, definitely if they add volume, could be good enough to sustain all these guys. We've seen it happen, uh, but they're going to get Michael Gallup back too. So I do think that Schultz is a pretty clear sell high, uh, you know, especially at the tight end position where people are grasping at stuff. Uh, same thing with like Mooney last week, like Mooney's not going to double Allen Robinson and targets the rest of the season. Uh, so we need to, we don't need to go overboard in some of these situations. We have to look at the full context of who's not getting targeted too. And the Cowboys have two very superior players in the game of football right now than their tight ends that aren't getting the football the past couple of weeks. And uh, I don't think that that will be something that is very uh, long-lived. Dago, your thoughts as far as uh, Dallas, is it better suited for the rushers, better suited for the passers? I suppose game script is going to factor in as well. And, hey, if, do you want to go back to Dalton Schultz? You wanna, do you want to say, hey, you know what? That touchdown regression, it's not coming. He's going to get the touchdown every single time he – he gets a target. It's probably not going to happen. But Well, and redraft is just easier because the position is the seventh circle of hell. Like, it just doesn't matter. If someone's <laughs> running routes, you put him out there. Uh, I will say – like, Will he be the highest on tight end on this slate? Ooh, I don't know. I, I think everyone's going to get to George Kittle at some point. Okay, so on Fandle – Not with Lance, I, they won't. I don't think they'll get to him with Lance. But we'll okay. talk about – we're talking about that game, aren't we? No, we're, we, no. we decided Green Bay uh, Cincinnati oh, okay. instead. Listen, okay. I like to appease all everyone tuning in. Maybe there's some <laughs> Packers fans. We don't talk about the Packers much. I just wanted to change it up a little bit. Fair enough. The, the positional plays, though, will definitely lead off with San Francisco and Arizona. Anyways, Dean, I'm sorry. What was that? I would just say for what it's worth, currently we record this on Wednesday night. News will for sure change. But currently right now, the most highly owned and optimals uh, tight end on DK is Evan Ingram because he's cheap. Oh, in the here. They got a stop. You guys stop. did this last week. It's a win. He, and he was owned. And he wasn't great. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I'm the saying. the story of his career. Yeah. And, <laughs> rostered, <laughs> not great. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm with, uh, uh, on so, it's, it's Waller because you have salary. Schultz fine. is 4-4 four, four on DK. And what is he? He's 6-2 on Fandle. So I guess, yeah, he's right in that strike zone where you have to pay for him. Fandle. On DK, he's four, He's going to be super chalky on DK. I don't. I mean, look, things can happen. But on on Wednesday night at four four, uh, considering you know the how bad the Giants been the tight ends and this little heater he's been on, and there, I I can't see any way he doesn't end up being really popular. But you're saying it's kind of fluky, like the results. I mean, it fluky. is based on his usage. I mean, it it is. I mean, he, the long term bet it a long term bet on Schultz is betting against Lamb and Cooper. And it's the three touchdowns that have happened without Michael Gallup, of course. Uh, even since week two without Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb actually has as many targets as Schultz. You just wouldn't know that since CeeDee Lamb the past two weeks has been the wide receiver 55 and wide receiver 80 in fantasy points. And so if you're betting on, if we're like we're trying to get ahead of a player, like CeeDee Lamb, of course, is the one to try to get ahead on. Whereas Dalton Schultz is getting some, you know, some good usage like this past week was the first time he finally separated from Blake Jarwin mm -hmm. who still had an 18 yard touchdown himself but Schultz still ran 23 routes to Jarwin's 10 a little bit of separation considering they were mirroring one another and routes and targets before then but overall still like CD Lamb is a potential like first round pick in fantasy next year whereas Dalton Schultz will never be that so like we want to bank on the most one of the most talented players in the NFL correcting himself especially if we guess the game script right for the Cowboys since that's been an impossible feat so far well this game is cool because you can stack it 
both ways, right? Like you can do you can do Dak and the Dallas receivers, whether you pick your flavor, you know, you can do Lamb and Schultz. If you want to do uh, a double stack, you can do that and you can play Saquon. Or you can do the inverse. You can play Giants pass catchers and, and Zeke. Okay, what giant pass catcher? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Do you do you want to play Kadarius Tony, the rookie? Like, I, I saw. I played him last week. It He's didn't cheap. work out, but I thought cool. I thought I was cool because I played him last week. And, yeah, uh, it, it didn't really work he, out. But he only had two fewer air yards than John Ross. Like you wouldn't have guessed it at the time since Ross was just running deep. But it was actually a good play. The question is, is Sterling Shepard going to play? Because 31 of Tony's 50 snaps came from the slot. Yeah. And that's where Shepard was hawking before then. Remember, Shepard led this team in targets with over a 22% target share in every full game he played in weeks one and two. So that's my big concern for Kadarius Tony. But if Shepard's out, like on DK, that floor and potential catch-up ceiling, like it's definitely there in a game that we expect to shoot out. He's 4K, which is a pretty appealing price. Worth noting, the DK prices for the Cowboy receivers, Cooper and Lamb, is much more appealing than the Fandle prices for the Cowboy receivers. Mm -hmm. 6-1 for Cooper, 6-2 for Lamb. That's on DK. And on Fandle, 7-1 for Cooper, uh, 6-9 for Lamb. You know, they're fine. Doesn't mean you can't play him. And also, again, I ran these optimals before the show. And again, remember, it's Wednesday night. So much stuff will for sure change. But it's just kind of worth noting at this point. Your optimal quarterback on DK this week is a 90- 4% chance it's either Dak Prescott or Daniel Jones. Some quarterback in this game, basically. They're, I mean, they're both awesome plays. Even Daniel Jones is currently six, the QB6 in fantasy points per game, has the third most carries among all quarterbacks, and it's another great spot left we talked about for the Panthers offense last week because Dallas has still allowed the third most yards for play and second most raw passing yards on the year. Now, it's going to come down as uh, Daniel Jones superhuman like last week, or does he become pumpkin Daniel Jones from last year? Uh, it's still something that I'm still scared to buy into, but so far, like, you know, the Giants have led the league in no huddle rate. Like, they are a creative not creative they're an interesting offense let's say that i was looking at Derek carty the blitz if you look at his game uh game level factors uh, as far as game plays current projected game plays we're expecting 128.8 plays in this game which is the second most projected for the week tampa bay miami a little bit more for what it's worth so yeah expecting a lot of plays that that is important as far as the tempo and just to get an idea like the floor is uh, Baltimore, Indiana, 115, Green Bay, Cincinnati, 117. So, you know, the difference of, you know, 15 plays, 14 plays, that can make it the world of difference. Uh, Rebar, talk to me about Saquon Barkley, because is he going to be kind of sort of somewhat lost in this slate? I don't know. He's been like he was great against the Orleans, of course, using overtime that, you know, Pat his stats a little to some degree, uh, wasn't really owned at all. Uh, you know, people are going to play Henry over him almost definitely, I'd imagine, playing against Jacksonville. We'll talk about that soon enough, I'm sure. What's your thoughts as far as Saquon? Yeah, I mean, you got to feel good uh, about how he's looked. He's got his snaps have gone up uh, every game. And then we've, started, we've seen him using the passing game as two full games. And he had uh, six targets last week, seven targets the week before. Uh, could be a byproduct of injury, but they're using it creatively. Listen, we're, we don't do this very often. Jason Garrett called a great game last week. Oh. He had a great game plan. Mm-hmm. He had a great game plan. He effectively used Kadarius Toney. They stretched the field. He got Saquon out in space against a good run defense that's very good in the interior. The offensive, listen, the offensive line is playing good too. Now it's not just Daniel Jones who only has two turnovers and one's on a Hail Mary this year. Andrew Thomas is playing well again. Like, well, not again for the first time. Uh, there's a, there are some things going right here for the Giants for as bad as their record has been. And, you know, if they don't punt, punt away that game, uh, you know, to the Falcons and, you know, maybe they're two and two and it stands out a little bit more, but Jason Garrett for one week 
We got to give Jason Garrett a little bit of credit, man. That's and this week, <laughs> it's a Jason Garrett revenge game? I mean, maybe. I guess we can call it that. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, listen, Daniel Jones ran really hot last week, though, too, even outside of the game plan. Uh, obviously, 10 yards for pass attempt for a career-high 400 yards. His pass completion over expectation was 10.3%. It was the second highest in the NFL last week. His expected completion rate was ahead of just four quarterbacks. So, I mean, he definitely ran hot. We usually don't – we haven't seen this kind of version of Daniel Jones, right, like where he runs hot like this. Usually it's typically him, like, running in, like, an RPO or doing something weird to get there. I mean, it was a legitimate – like Daniel Jones passing heater last week. And we've not had many of those, you know, through two and a quarter seasons. Um, and then you're still getting a sprinkling of rushing yards. So he's run for 27 or more yards in all four games. So that's still kind of in the back pocket to give you kind of that, you know, upside to maybe have an extra passing touchdown. Uh, I still, I mean, this Dallas team is still, they're giving up chunks of yards. They're just getting a bunch of turnovers, lead the NFL in turnovers. Uh, they did it again last week, but they are giving up a bunch of yards. And even for as good as Trayvon Diggs has been in the turnovers, I mean, he still has allowed the fifth most yards in coverage this year, and he's giving up big plays when he does give up plays, 18.2 yards per catch in his coverage, uh, but he's making big plays to kind of counter off that. So it's been a little bit of give and take, and you'll take that, obviously, for the Cowboys. You'll let give up all the 18-yard catches you want to have a dude have five turnovers in four games. Uh, but there is some upside, so it's not like he's going to erase someone either, though. Barkley also ran the uh, fourth most routes among all running backs last week, and the Cowboys have encouragingly allowed the most receptions to running backs on the year. So you have to see where ownership comes in, but definitely, you know, a spot to play him if he comes in under roster compared to Daniel Jones. He seems like an awesome run back for sure. The uh, the release of Jalen Smith, does that matter? Does that mean anything as far as, is there anything to uh, react to he, that? Or just- he played a season low in snaps last week. Like they, they should have got out of the contract before June 1, but uh, they decided to do it right now. All right. You got anything else here or shall I move on here, Diggle? That's about Don't play Evan Ingram. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, he's just, we live in the world of a salary cap and he's kind of sort of somewhat cheap. And we talked know, about this though last week and the tight ends, how they're priced on DK. Like you just don't have to do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, and I'm pretty sure I said, I don't want to do it. And I'm, I ended up playing some and I split them with, uh, who did I play? The cheapy on Seattle who, who was worse, I believe. Oh, Disley. Yeah, Disley was not was not good. I'm not sure. Well, that's Thursday night, so we have to worry about him. That's why I was thinking about Disley. I'm like, yeah, we, not in the main slate. Forget about that. Who cares? We'll talk about that uh, Saturday night. No, Saturday night. Thursday night, as far as the showdown. Well, just don't play Evan Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the week, man. This is, He's due. Uh, Green Bay at Cincinnati, 51 is the total. Cincinnati's getting three. Wednesday night, are we certain? Do we know Mixon's out? We're assuming Mixon's out, right? I'd bet on it. I would bet on it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then I saw the internet doctors were projecting them to be out for at least another week or two or something like that uh, for what it's worth. <laughs> I just, it seems like he's not going to play DK didn't take note of this because they put some AJP run at 4k, the stone minimum, you know, they raised the floor from 3k uh, for, for their running backs not too long ago. Uh, he is pricier on Fandle. I'm trying to pull up his Fandle price right now. I think it's like five, five or so, which is still fine. Uh, how much do we need Samaje Piran on, on DK? I guess it kind of matters how the rest of the week opens up as far as value. But right now, he feels like a good value play. Uh, Rebar, do you think he gets a, the large majority of those carries? How much does Chris Evans eat in on that? Or is Piran just going to be the workhorse? Yeah, I think we'll see Chris Evans work in long down and distance. Uh, probably, I think it's a good bet that he will. I will say on FanDuel, he's only 200 cheaper than Damian Williams. So I don't think we'll see... Uh, I think a lot more people want to go to Damian Williams, who we'll probably talk about at some point in the, the near future on this program. Uh, yeah. So I don't think that uh, he'll get a lot more 
like a lot of people are going to be just drawn to him. And last week, even with Mixon, the Bengals were finally a little more aggressive on early downs for the first time uh, this season, you know, after kind of being a little bit more slower paced. I mean, the why one concern about this game is that both these teams do not like to operate with any urgency. Uh, so we could see that. I mean, the Packers have been notorious slow for multiple years now since LaFleur has been there. Um, and part of that is due to efficiency, but we've seen even this year with Aaron Rodgers having that expected regression the opening month, they are, very, very slow again. They're, what, 23 in offensive plays per game. The Bengals are 31st. Like I said, they did kind of ramp it up a little bit last week. And without mixing, maybe they're encouraged to do some more of that this week. Now, it looks like they're going to get T. Higgins back too this week. Uh, but Joe Burrow's been hyper-efficient. He had that one just weird game that, that against the Bears. It's an outlier. But outside of that Bears game, he's averaged uh, 9.6 yards per attempt or more in all three games. Uh, he already has... Uh, four passing touchdowns on deep targets or 15 yards downfield as a rookie he had just one uh, so he's already eclipsed that uh, we're getting some big plays out of this offense they're not getting to the red zone a lot because they're generating more big plays but Joe Burrow has been hyper efficient uh, I, I'm looking at him and I'm looking at this Packers defense that is already 22nd in the NFL the opening month in passing points allowed per game and they face Jameis Winston Jared Goff Jimmy Garoppolo and Ben Roethlisberger uh, not exactly a daunting rogues gallery of quarterbacks uh, that have the kind of acumen that Joe Burrow even has Joe Burrow by no means like a top like six locked in guy but definitely multiple rungs uh, better than those options on a weekly fantasy basis um, and then we have this injury to Jair Alexander they still may not have Kevin King back and uh one thing the Bengals do have is an abundance of riches at the wide receiver position if you're short on DBs your favorite amongst the bunch is a chase um I think man it's tough it's a little bit of whack-a-mole with these guys because T Higgins is since he came in the league he led all rookies and end zone targets and targets inside the 10 and that was his role immediately the first few games he had an end zone target end zone touchdown uh, the opening two weeks before injury. Now he's coming off injury, so maybe that's a little bit concern. Um, Chase has been li- living a little bit off those big plays, but I would say like a, for a ceiling, definitely Chase would be kind of the run back uh, for like an upside in, in terms of stacking. Give me your favorites, Eagle, and your thoughts as far as Piran. It's Chase, and I have to see how Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins' ownership shakes out. Since T. Higgins was limited on Wednesday, we may get him here. And just the way this offense works, at least through the first three games, since they were the ninth highest team in run play rate and neutral game script, except last Thursday for the first time, they were the second highest pass play rate and neutral game script. And so the way it worked for the first three games was we had to sacrifice one of them. And Chase was living like off touchdowns, even though a couple of those games he did lead the team in targets because he's that talented. He could score a touchdown on four targets and be just fine. But typically we were giving away one of them because there wasn't enough volume. But suddenly if there is going to be volume, then it's probably Chase and Higgins for me if all three of them play. Having said that, it presents a very good double stack situation to leverage off of Pierre run if you want to go that direction because maybe they just changed the offensive game script anyhow without Joe Mixon and passed any and just passed more altogether even though they weren't giving Joe Mixon targets anyways but maybe they just don't run the ball much so I do like the uh the double stack in this situation to get off of P Ryan talk about your thoughts as far as the Packers there uh I did read I clicked on one of your articles regarding a uh, season-long stuff and I think you had and obviously there's context to it I think you had AJ Dillon as a drop uh, this week in your season long and he had 15 carries but that was maybe because Jones fumbled the ball maybe because you're mopping up a little bit you just don't think Dylan's gonna creep in too much as far as Aaron Jones unless of course we get an injury there uh, talking about that running back situation and then uh, you know of course Devontae Adams he's good at football well I always provide the context because in those waiver wire columns I'm writing for 
literally everyone, whether you're <laughs> in a, whether a four man bench with eight people in your league or the high stakes leagues that like we're all in in Vegas, I'm trying to cover all my bases. And I describe in there, uh, Dylan is just a contingency option. He's literally just a backup. He got eight of his 15 carries this past week in the fourth quarter when the team led 27, 10. So the usage didn't change at all unless the schedule makers went back and gave the Steelers uh, the Packers every single week, making it easier to play Dylan every single week since he just rolled the Steelers. But over, so that's the way I look at it. But in their previous two games, excluding their disastrous week one loss to New Orleans, which skewed all their numbers for the year, Aaron Jones outtouched Dylan 44 to 14 and still has 100% of the team's carries inside the 10 and five yard line. So Jones is the play we want here if we're assuming a competitive game script. And we've seen that trickle down Aaron Rodgers, eight touchdowns, no picks in his last three games, as well as Green Bay's target tree since that week one debacle, since they've just been jamming Devontae Adams back to vintage Devontae Adams, 12 points targets per game and a 39.4% target share since week two. So it doesn't matter how we get this, but since the Bengals have allowed the fifth most receptions to opposing wideouts, like that's why it makes a sneaky situation to also double stack Rodgers if you want to go that way, or at least skinny stack with perhaps Adams, um, Robert Tonin, or one of the other whack-a-moles with Bengals running back. Randall Cobb, I guess, will be that one of the, the whack-a-moles there on the Green Bay side. And yeah. I just pulled it up. I was curious because I know he wasn't getting a ton of a, you know, he wasn't being on the field all that much at the beginning of the season. You know, first week, 26% of the snaps at 18%, 33%. Um, Rebar, 46% of the snaps now for Cobb. That's, I mean, that's Rogers' guy. Maybe he lets you just hang out with him off the field. I don't know. But, like, a, he was making a big deal. Like, I want that guy in this team. Uh, he finally fed him for two touchdowns last week. Is this a Schultz situation? That was goofy and that was, like, weird variance. Maybe we can't expect that going forward. I mean, he only ran a route on 64% of dropbacks, but interesting that Rodgers during the week last week said like he wanted to throw to him more and then did. We also had a situation a couple weeks ago where McVay said he was going to get Deshaun Jackson in the game plan and then did. Now he claims he's going to get Robert Woods targets on Thursday. So we'll see how truthful all these, uh, the, these whispers, the narratives that these guys are floating out there, how true they're coming. But uh, Rodgers did say last week he was going to throw to him more, and he sure did with Valdez scaling out. Uh, Lazard did run a pass route on 95% of the dropback, so he was still out there, you know, getting his cardio in if you want to go back there and just take a shot. Uh, you know, we've seen him have, you know, spike weeks before. Uh, he's definitely not a guy I would recommend anything outside of, you know, single digit, you know, you know, ownership, but, you know, definitely is a guy that he's gonna be on the field. Um, definitely looking at this game too. The Bengals don't really rush the passer a lot. And that's been the Packers initial problem. They, you know, obviously haven't had David Bakhtiari still recovering on the PUP. They lose Corey Lindsley, who was the number one pass blocking center last year. And Eldon Jenkins uh, has been out the last couple of weeks. And it looks like he probably is going to miss this week again. Uh, but the Bengals are 24th in pressure rate. So they haven't really been getting to the quarterback. They nuked the Bears and they nuked Ben Roethlisberger, but Kirk Cousins completed 75% of his passes and had 22 fantasy points against him. Trevor Lawrence completed 70% of his passes on Thursday uh, and was he had eight and a half yards for pass attempt in that game. They just, you know, James Robinson had two short touchdowns. Uh, so there wasn't a huge fantasy game for Lawrence. So, I mean, this could be one of Rodgers' better outlooks in terms of matchups so far to open the year and not getting some of that pressure uh, where this offensive line has been overmatched by defensive fronts like the, what the 49ers have and what the Pittsburgh Steelers have. Uh, so we could see him kind of, you know, bounce back and have one of these spike weeks uh, to make it worth kind of, you know, using him and Adams and running it back with some of these Bengals wideouts. I feel like Adams will be something that's going to be popular like once again because we keep talking about Just it default. as far as, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the guy that's elite and you're probably going to have money for it because there's going to be enough value plays to make stuff work. 
Um, so yeah, as always, okay, no, no Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, no Kelsey, no Mahomes, no Allen, no Diggs. That's why uh, that's why Tanyan's pretty interesting. Fresh off season highs and snaps, targets, and routes run, eighty-two percent of Rogers dropbacks. So you got a luck box of TD, but again, it's a week you can get queued at tight end. Yeah, you know, I, I forgot the MBS uh, being out enough. He was he was running you know, on the field like what sixty percent of the time or so. So you know, everybody Lazar got a little bit of a bump. Cobb, Cobb got a little bit of a bump as well as Tanyan as well. Uh, St. Brown, not that you're playing St. Brown, but you he ran a few more, at least on the field. I don't, I don't have routes in front of me, but I assume he ran some routes out there as well. All right. Uh, I believe that's it. Anything else for Daigle or shall we move on position by position? I would just keep in mind that the build is going to be the same. If everyone pays down for P Ryan, they're also paying up for Derrick Henry. So just keep that in mind and try to be creative around it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, you're going to have the money for it because P Ryan is 4k on DK. And if he puts up 15 points you know you can survive that obviously you can make up the difference elsewhere and just you know live in the mid-tier for sure all right uh do you want to tell a chat yeah throw out some names out there if you guys are hanging out with us uh, like subscribe turn on notifications do our best to get uh you know whatever you guys are throwing out there some quarterbacks some receivers some tight ends as we're on the topic feel free to throw them out i'm going to keep my eye over there uh here for the next 25 minutes or so give or take before we do that I do you want to tell you guys about jock market stop throwing your money away it's time to check out jock market that is the app where Daily Fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You buy, you sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50. Use the promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Get this. If you do not turn a profit this week at Jock Market, they will cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market in the app and play stores or check out jockmarket.com. That's J-O-C-K-M-K-T dot com and use code grinders for a 100 deposit match up to 50 dollars on your first deposit all right uh daigle give me a take as far as trey lance trey lance is going to be unleashed in the game against arizona in theory you know he should be asked san francisco wants to run the ball but maybe they won't be allowed to maybe they'll be down here against arizona arizona's good and lance i presume is cheap what are you doing with trey lance this week it's Obviously an awesome spot and up-tempo game. Uh, I think the matchup is different than Justin Fields' first career start as a rookie on the road uh, against, you know, Kara Cardinals defense, which also is median in terms of the pressure rate they receive, which is good since on a small sample, Lance has averaged just a little over three yards per attempt under pressure. Um, having said that, he came on the field for 30 minutes and scored 20 fantasy points last week, finished as the overall QB 13 on the week in just two quarters of play. I also think with no film on him, Cardinals are not going to be prepared at all. Having said that, we're watching injury reports because there will be a reason to fade him. Let's say if they don't have uh, either Trent Williams or Alex Mack, they're starting left tackle and center. That would be a utter disaster pretty much. So I'll be watching that. But overall, like, I think he's an awesome play. Awesome play. Five, seven on DK. And the, well, actually guys are going to say, yeah, he did that in 20 minutes, but it was all because of one play and his receiver wasn't even covered. It's a play that Garoppolo doesn't make because Garoppolo ain't hitting a wide open receiver. <laughs> or Baker Mayfield. Reba, your thoughts as far as Lance brings other quarterbacks to the conversation? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, I mean, there's context to how he scored his points last week, but I mean, we do this with guys every week. I mean, there are blown coverages in the NFL. Things happen. I mean, 
what are you going to do, man? I mean, it's he did he play great? No, but he's also the kind of guy he showed this in the preseason as well. That Lance still is very raw, but he he can get he can be streaky, and when he's streaky, he could do a lot of good things well. And that's kind of what we saw. I mean, that last drive of the game, I understand it's you know in like a little bit of prevent coverage, but like they converted two fourth downs. Like he's making plays, and that's what you like to see. Just build up some confidence. I mean, was it a great performance from the from the the scouts eye? If you're grading him out, no. He didn't play good at all but jimmy grappolo can't score fantasy points when he plays bad trey lance can so i mean that's what you have here at a cheap price and you come with the rushing upside you come with the arizona side that has been elite i mean the cardinals have 400 or more yards in in all four games the first time they've done that in franchise history uh they're the first team since the 2013 denver broncos to do that so i mean they're gonna produce points and produce yards there's gonna be scoreboard chasing component to this game uh where they're gonna have dropbacks uh the 49ers are gonna be able to run the ball effectively when they can uh but i assume that if they are doing that too it's gonna be lance as part of that as well so i mean there's a lot of upside here plus it's just within better hands than justin fields was you know uh you know with kyle shanahan and that staff and surrounding talent compared to matt Nagy. Uh, before he let Bill Lazor do some under-the-scene stuff last week. Uh, you know, it's just going to be different. It's going to be in different hands. So I definitely have a little more confidence than we had with Justin Fields. I mean, on the other side, though, too, I mean, you can just keep playing Kyler. Like, what? Yeah, what, what's amazing. What's the – yeah, I mean, what, just keep playing Kyler. I mean, the 49ers, for their style of defense, uh, they've come out this year and they've struggled against mobile quarterbacks again. Uh, Jalen Hurts had 82 yards against them. Russ had, you know, 26 yards and a touchdown last week on the scramble. Uh, in four career games against the 49ers, Murray's had 34 rushing yards, 67 yards, 91 yards and a touchdown, and 75 yards, and that's just rushing. Uh, you know, last week he threw for a low of 8.4 yards for pass attempt against the Rams. So, I mean, this secondary is in a lot worse shape. Uh, the 49ers are. So, I mean, you just keep playing Kyler Murray. I mean, what's the reason not to? Uh, I have no problem. Sour cap's the only reason, but yeah, he's phenomenal. You can make it work by all means. Uh, I see in the chat, uh, Richie Smalls is talking about uh, Tannehill. Like, I, I don't know what to say about that because Brown and Julio, I want to have, I want them to have competent receivers. Uh, I mean, it looks like yeah. AJ Brown is. I mean, it's trending good. He practiced today, which he never practiced on Wednesdays anyways, usually when he is healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's positive that he's already practicing today. Uh, would be a great spot. I mean, the, the you look at the the passing yards over expectation the Jaguars have allowed to everybody. I mean, Tano, Tano's an interesting call because nobody's going to play Tannehill, man. I don't think so. It, yeah, it's it also, it's, it's a nod to last year when we had so many leverage spots when we can double stack him with confidence and not play Derrick Henry. Um, and it's sort of the same this week since Derrick Henry knows it. They increased his price even more on FanDuel, 10-4. Last week, he got 24 points at 10-2. And, like, you're not happy with 24 points if you pay 10-2 because you had to sacrifice someone else. Um, you know, hopefully it wasn't Tyree Kill since he ended lives on FanDuel last week. So it's just a, it's another good situation, but – yeah, that, that's kind of the – that's the leverage we're talking about. And in terms Just, of plays run, I mean, this has to be high up there too. I mean, wall one, the, the Titans have a weird they, – they have a lot of plays run, but they also have a lot of handoffs. It's like the Chargers last year. It was like Anthony Lynn runs all these plays. And it's like, yeah, because they just ran for three yards to play before. <laughs> they gotta, they, you have to run more plays when you're getting three yards at a time. Derek Henry's more efficient than that, but you get the where I'm going with it. But this game should have a, uh, a lot of tempo to it as well. The Jaguars uh, play with a little bit of tempo, so – I mean, I I don't hate this, uh, the Tannehill caller in the week. He's not someone I really looked into, but that's because, like Dean said, we were looking at the wide receivers with A.J. Brown looking like he could play as giving him a trending up spot. We know Tannehill can run a little bit. Um, I don't don't hate that right now. 
Anything else as far as quarterbacks here, Dago? Is there anybody else you want to highlight? I mean, of course, we can mention a whole bunch, but uh, we got to move on and talk about some running backs and everybody's in play in theory, I suppose. But um, I don't want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Like, come on, we're not playing him. Uh, I think we've talked about everyone in my pool this week. Yeah, For is cousins? it a smaller pool than normal? I, dude, I played Cousins two out of four weeks so far. Like, I can't keep going back to the well. I last mean, week, last Lions. week looked good. It is the line. And last week looked good because <laughs> he did score on the opening drive. Now it turns out they only ran one drive each, each in the first quarter, which is not good. But yes, uh, it's it is a good spot for the Lions. He just wasn't in. Sell me on Kirk Cousins among all these pools. I mean, Lions because the Lions. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're so bad. I mean, it's just it's so bad. I mean, you just look at the like so twenty eight percent of the completions against the Lions have already gone for 20, 20 or more yards. League rate is fourteen percent, so they're double that. Minnesota has a, a, a nine to one passing touchdown to rushing touchdown split. And Dalvin cook is already admittedly saying he's not hundred percent. What is that? Uh, so, I mean, that, that is, uh, you know, something that's intriguing and the, and the, the lions also are one of these teams that kind of at least keep it a game to at least let teams to keep the throw, the, to throw the ball a little bit. So, I mean, I mean, cause it's probably going to be good because everyone's good against lines. I mean, if, if the bears really wanted to throw a lot more in that game, like Justin Fields actually would have had a monster game. You got a tight target tree as well in Minnesota. You basically know who to pair Cousins with. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's segue to running back. And, you know, I was going to ask about Tom Brady, but I think the more popular play this week, <laughs> it's going to be Uncle Lenny, right? Like Uncle Lenny, he's got all, everything you want. And you want a big favorite at home, you know, expected to get a pile of touches. I don't know what the situation is with, uh, oh God, the guy, uh, Bernard, I'm not sure if he's going to play. If he's not going to play, I'm not sure if that's going to matter much or not. It seems pretty clear that Lenny is is the guy. He's pretty cheap as well, too. I, I'm not here to tell you he's great, but it doesn't matter. Opportunity. Getting on the field is the most important thing in the world, Dago, and I think he's going to be in the field, and I think he's cheap, and he's facing a terrible team. I think we're playing some Lenny Fournette this week. I think it's happening. I, I wouldn't mind fading him, famous last words, if <laughs> Gio Bernard is healthy, though, because remember, the Bucks still have the league's second highest pass player grade with the lead. They just weren't running the ball at all. And I know it was in the rare time they were in negative game script, but I'm still slightly worried that, you know, if Gio plays the week prior before he was injured, he still had season highs and snaps and targets. So, like, we want Lenny, not even for the carries, even though, you know, 20 touches, 20 carries is really good. Uh, we want the pass catching work as well. And I, I just don't know if it would be there if Gio's fully healthy. I wonder if that was a changing of the guard moment and knowing they're going to throw. So, I'd rather leverage that into Mike Evans or Antonio Brown, honestly, as we've seen Chris Godwin's target share decrease every week, 13, 12, 11% the past three games. Um, I'd rather leverage that into a wide receiver play, honestly. All right, your thoughts there, uh, Rebar, as far as uh, as far as Fournette and in the chat, they're saying we skip talk about Henry. Like Henry's a great play. We can. I don't, what do you <laughs> want to say? We just got to running backs, though. It's yeah. not like we're, uh, you know. But yeah, I mean, uh, do we need sold on uh, the most expensive running back on the slate? <laughs> the consensus. Uh, He's a great RB1. play. You do with it what you want, and you absolutely you can survive it if he puts up like one fifty and one. It's not a big deal, but you know, he should he should rock. I will say we talked about DraftKings. Everyone's going to pay down for PUI and pay up for uh, for Henry on on FanDuel. It's a different argument. It, it's it's a better spot, but also like this week there isn't like we talked about Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They're just less options outside of Devontae Adams. We're truly confident in. So you could actually fit Derrick Henry with ease this week. And well, we'll see what happens with CMC. And CMC is a ten k on true. FanDuel. Uh, that can absolutely uh, you know in the words. If somebody yeah, over his head, it can flip the slate in his head potentially if uh, we see CMC <laughs> uh, give it a go, especially on DK. 
where I think he's eight seven, which is egregious, assuming Ooh. he's a full go. Um, I, th- I still think we'll see Damian Williams be the most popular guy. I mean, I think when we get down to it outside of, you know, Henry, but those guys in that mid tier, like if you like Fournette and if you like P Ryan, I think you'll be able to pivot to them. Cause I think Williams is going to get there by the time this all comes around uh, at the end of the week. Cause we've already Who's seen Khalil the Khalil Herbert. Is that his, not the coach? Yeah, I mean, Khalil Herbert's a, you know, he's a, he was a guy that, you know, he was, he was at Kansas. He transferred. He's a big splash play guy uh, in the 2020 collegiate season. He had the most yards per touch of any running back touch ball hundred times or more uh, in 2020. So he's a big splash play guy. So There's a little bit of opportunity there, but I mean, with a with the with where Fields is at in his state of his progression, I mean you're gonna see a veteran back in there, and they're gonna have to throw more than 17 times they did last week as road dogs. So you're gonna get uh, pass catching ability. You're gonna get a team that it wants to run the football while they can with uh, Damian Williams. He also has Fields starting, which helps him. Uh, you know, in the RPO game, we saw what it did last week for those guys handling the football. Uh, I mean, I think he's, you know, basically a smash play. And then you have the Raiders who have been dreadful against running backs. I mean, 22nd in yards for carry allowed to running backs. They're 23rd in rushing points allowed per game. They are 19th in receiving points allowed per game to running backs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's at 5.6 and 5.8, I believe, are his prices on both sites. I mean, that's just – it's just way too cheap for a guy that could get you 20 catches, can, can't get stripped out of the game so you can catch the football, is going to have the goal line carries. Um, is he on a good team? No. But that's really it. The only thing you can say is that he's a road dog, but he's going to be out there. Uh, jump in here, Dago, some uh, other, other, other running backs we had in a conversation. I'll also throw your way. Fandle, not amazing for James Robinson at 7-4. He's a true bell cow. We're assuming. I'm assuming Hyde's not going to be playing again. It's going to be a you know, scratch going forward. I guess that's well, the case. We'll see. Or is that not? What is, what is he? No, I'm I'm hoping he plays and depresses Robinson's ownership because the changing of the guard happened like two weeks before that. Uh, Robinson out touched Hyde 35 to 10 in weeks two and three and out targeted him nine to two. So like, I understand he got more opportunity without Hyde, but if Hyde's, even if he's active, like Robinson's still an awesome play. Okay. Yeah. And he's, especially on DK where he's 6K. Like that, awesome that's seems, yeah. that seems too cheap. Fandle fine at 7-4, but 6K on DK. That's fabulous. Uh, any other running backs you want to throw in a conversation? Who else should we, uh, you know, spend a little time on? We've talked about Barkley already. Talked about Elliot to some degree. Harris is popping for, for Pittsburgh. <laughs> Is he going to still catch those two, three-yard passes maybe? They're worth one point on, on DK. You better, um, you better hope he falls in the end zone again like last week. That's, that's all you're hoping for because those touches ain't mattering. Um, I, wonder if, I wonder if Alvin Kamara will sneak in here without Tony Jones because we can assume that Kamara is going to handle every single touch. Um, I understand last week's zero targets was not good, but just to have a career high in carries, and now we get a friendly Washington defense who's pretty much bottom and every single metric defensively, whether you look at football outsiders, EPA, whatever you want to name. And so uh, I think it's a pretty good spot if we can sneak in Kamara here and just get every touch and hope for the best. That's one of those, like we talk about at the beginning of the season, like we don't know everything we think we know. Like it was a consensus among most people that Washington, if not the best defense, a top five defense, top 10 defense, and they've been just horrendous so they're far. Atrocious. The, the Bucks have been atrocious too. Well, they're, yeah. th- those teams, it's because their secondaries are bad. If you look at the Bucks and even Washington, they're pretty good against the run still. Like they're, they're, they are still good against the runs. So that's, that's interesting. I mean, Washington's eighth in yards for carry a lot of their running backs. Uh, they are giving up a lot of receiving points to running backs. The crazy thing about this is everything in that Washington game signals to Sean Payton, like, hey, this is you have to throw the football this game. You have to throw the football this game. Attack Washington through the air. Will he? 
he's been hiding this passing game for for four weeks Mm -hmm. and last week it came back and bit them uh you know it's very fragile it's so fragile to play the style of football the saints are trying to play eventually they're going to have to throw the football and come out aggressive i understand they don't have the full weaponry to really do it but everything in this game is signaling hey open it up open it up please open it up and we'll see if they finally do or not they have to design a screen for Kamara like in the first series, just like to get him a taste. And <laughs> like, seriously, because like, like, what was it? Eight, nine guys on New Orleans caught a pass and not one of them named Alvin Kamara. It's, that's just absurd. He's you're clearly your best weapon. And it's not hard to throw screen passes. Like, it's so funny that though, the, the consensus in the industry in like April was like, all right, with Drew Brees gone, like, you know, not Kamara a little bit, not Kamara. You know, if you look at his splits, Drew Brees and how many receptions he gets, it's he's going to get pegged, right? Like, and then everyone, Michael Thomas gets certainly like, bump up Kamara, bump up Kamara. He's getting all the targets in the world. And then it's playing out initially like how everyone thought it would and everyone's going off the rails now. But it's like, hey, you know, stop being so knee-jerk reactionary and look at things from a top-down view. You were on this. You knew this. It's the same thing we're doing with Allen Robinson right now. People are trying to say that Justin Fields is bad for Allen Robinson. When Justin Fields got drafted, everyone's like, Allen Robinson's finally going to play his first real quarterback. He's going to have a talented quarterback. And everyone's like, I wish Andy Dalton was here to give volume to Allen Robinson. Like, what? What, are you, what world do you want Andy Dalton throwing to your wide receiver? Like, we want the better player playing quarterback. And, it, you know, the, the fantasy analysts uh, do some weird things sometimes. They're doing it with this Kamara thing. They're doing it with Allen Robinson. It's like, come on, man. Like, you, you, you had the analysis right in front of your face, and you jumped ship because the guy got hurt. Whereas, whereas last week, though, I thought Kamara was a bad play against the Giants that I, I well, it turned out better than it was, but I genuinely thought just the, the overall play volume was going to get sucked out. Um, I probably actually will end up playing if I see he comes in like 5% or less this week. I just hate that Taysom Hill is lurking. And not only is he lurking, but that it, sucks worked, too. Yeah. it worked last week. I think it worked last week twice. He's got three he touchdowns, touchdowns the last two weeks. The last two games, he has three touchdowns. You can't play Winston, not that you're going to, but you can't. And it really hurts. It hurts Kamara. Like he's siphoning these touchdowns. He's getting these great touches on the five-yard line. Uh, all right, we got some time for receivers. I do want to mention, I promised the people on Twitter today, uh, retroactively to our show uh, last week, if you guys talked about it or you guys listened to our show last week about, about Red Zone, the results are in, folks. The results are in, Rebar, Daigle. We know uh, them. Brace yourself. <laughs> it's a simple question. Do you like NFL Red Zone channel? Pretty simple. Yes, duh. No, I enjoy commercials. Or just show me the results. <laughs> and uh, the answer is, according to 304 people, uh, no, I enjoy commercials 4.6%. I don't, I don't know if you guys voted or not. Uh, yes, duh was 87%. And uh, 8%, people just want to see the results, which, you know, some people like seeing results. There you go. Well, that's, that's all on y'all because I got to enjoy the Vikings-Browns game this past week, and I know you didn't because they were never in the red zone. So, your fault. I did not enjoy yeah. anything Baker Mayfield did last week. Yeah, was it wasn't enjoyable. enjoyable. <laughs> I lied. It wasn't enjoyable, but I saw every step. I saw every step. Begrudgingly. Uh, Rebar, talk to me about uh, your favorite receivers we've not talked about just yet. I mean, Justin Jefferson seems like a smash. We probably don't need to get in the weeds on that. Uh, who else do we got? I like uh, I like Devontae Parker. Yep. Uh, a lot. A lot of people are going to go back to Jalen Waddle, uh, but you know he just doesn't have the requisite ceiling with the types of targets he gets. Uh, whereas you know we can get some downfield targets from Parker. He actually, in terms of DK, I think he has the highest target share under six K. Uh, I think. Oh, it's him or Mooney. Are they're close, but I mean, he's he's played 90% of the snaps with Will Fuller out last week. Will Fuller's out again for multiple weeks. Uh, the Tampa Bay secondary is allowing 19.8 receptions per game to wide receivers. 
Uh, Parker's got seven or more targets in uh, every game. It's ugly. You don't want to watch Devonte Parker targets from Jacoby Brissett, but they're just <laughs> gonna they're gonna be there. Um, you know, he he's a run back in this game if you like Uncle Lenny. Uh, but definitely, you talked about the play volume in that game. Like, I I, I mean, I don't know, man. Devonte Parker. Let's. I it's gross. I didn't feel good to say it, but uh, I do like him. I have him written down as well. Actually, uh, I kind of <laughs> like him. Uh, also for for the. On DK, everyone under 6K, like Mooney, like you said, 30% target share the past three games. Like now's the week. This is the week to leverage Allen Robinson. You're going to hate yourself. You shouldn't watch the game. But like I bet Mooney catches steam by Sunday morning and everyone just plays him. I also like, because everyone mentioned Tannehill earlier, uh, if we get AJ Brown with a Julio Jones, that's pretty awesome. Like even in the first two games, I understand the results weren't there, but AJ Brown had a 22% target share and both of those contests. And now he gets a, just a tremendous spot against Jacksonville. So I do like kind of sneaking AJ Brown in there as well as leverage off Derrick Henry. If you go that route. In the chat, they say Taysom Hill is a touchdown vulture. This year's Matt Asiata. Like that's a name I've not thought about for years. That was the Minnesota guy, right? I think. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Matt Asiata. Um, anything else? So yeah, Curtis Samuel is still still a minimum on 3K. I don't know how much we'll need him. He ran what, like 35% uh, as far as snaps last game. He's just a blind play. Like it's hard. To, there's no objective analysis. It's just you saying he's 3K. Maybe he'll get more work. He's yeah. definitely he's definitely going to be like the number one cash game play on DK for sure. Well, it, it, I think it's all prevalent based upon what information comes out from now until Sunday and how much value comes out and how much like he's yeah, but like. It depends upon, but like he's the, the first guy you're going to go to at 3K if you're desperate for a 3K player and you're going to hold your nose and you're going to play him. Uh, any other yeah, What are the Jacksonville receivers? The Jacksonville receivers will probably be popular uh, because every set of wide receivers that face the Titans is popular. And you, you get the auto run back with Henry uh, every week. I mean, you see even the Jets guys got there. Jamison Crowder and Corey Davis were smashes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's whoever plays the Titans, man. Like they're wider. Like you just throw your wide receivers in the lineup. Chenault uh, had a little bit of bump. I don't know how true it is because the one deep target was a broken play. So I don't really, I don't want to put in context, like this is going to be his dot going forward. It was kind of a, uh, it could be just a standalone play, but the target volume is going to be there for him just having no shark because shark was getting so many targets in the offense. Uh, so, I mean, I do think that Chenault will be in play. And so, well, you can go back to Marv who had his one, you know, first down game last week too, uh, because we always play receivers against Titans. So what you're saying is uh, Tyron Johnson should be rostered over uh, Curtis Samuel. Oh, I don't want to make that decision. I don't want to be part of don't, that. Just don't, just don't even think about it. Just don't make decision. <laughs> T. Higgins is 5K on DK. If he goes, that's a really good price. And a couple, and Waddle, another Dolphin that's pretty cheap uh, on a comeback, on a runback, however you want to call it. You're not comfortable about that. You don't want any part of a set, but he is cheap. And in theory, they should be playing a little bit of catch up. Uh, any tight ends that are worth mentioning? We got to step aside in a couple minutes, obviously, guys. We're a little bit late as far as time. Rebar, who's on your tight end list besides Evan Ingram? We have highlighted for sure. Well, I think Schultz will be popular. Uh, definitely not Evan Ingram. Well, it's going to be interesting because how you play it. On this main slate, we've got a Waller and then like a clear gap. We've got Kittle who played banged up. Plus we have the Lance factor. Uh, you know, is Lance going to add volatility? Does he help or hurt Kittle? Uh, we don't know. Uh Mark Andrews is on Monday night. Hawkinson now is dealing with an injury. Uh, Kyle Pitts is on London game. So then like the, by default, the next like guy is Noah Fant. Like that's never exciting, uh, especially with Drew Locke. Uh, then you've got Mike Gusecki who's getting the pepper to targets. And uh, you know, if you look at Tampa Bay, they're going to, there's going to be target volume here. Uh, we know that they're going to be throwing a lot and Tampa Bay against tight ends. I mean, nine catches for 65 yards, the Cowboys tight ends, then seven for 88, the Atlanta tight ends, 
541 to Higby, and then seven catches for 46 yards and two tight end, two touchdowns to the Patriots tight ends on Sunday night. So, I mean, it's gross, but like, hey, man, the, the passing volume is going to be there against Tampa. It always is. Uh, Gusecki's getting targets. He is a big guy uh, in the red zone. So, I mean, that's kind of default, right? I think that's what we'll see. I mean, is anyone going to play Ricky Seals-Jones? Uh, that's what I was going to ask about. He's, he's got to be men. That's more valuable on DK than it is on Fandle, just the way you right. line up his structure. he's probably oh, yeah. four or five, right? Yeah, I think he's four or five on Fandle, I presume, but he's yeah. two five on DK. And, you know, obviously Thomas, uh, Thomas got on the uh, IL. He could be useful. In he played 100% of the snaps after Thomas left. Only had the four targets, but uh, a two five. Yeah. I uh, would play him before I played Evan Ingram. Absolutely. Oh, it's not even close. It's Add literally not close. Like, legit. You think you outscore him. Yeah, it's not even close. How much more? I think Ingram's uh, still only three K on DK. I, I do. I'll put Retail. my stamp. I'll put my stamp on George Kittle over Darren Waller, though. I'm pretty <laughs> confident in that. Um, just the fact that last week, even with an injury, ran around on 92 percent of the team's dropbacks. Uh, just one fewer target than Debo Samuel. And when we mention volatility, it's it's seen so often as negative, but it can be positive as well. So taking a chance, like on a Brandon Ayuk or whatever, instead of Debo Samuel, maybe it's just different with Trey Lance, since we don't know since Debo Samuel's 70 yard touchdown was a broken play. So overall, I just think like taking shots with Lance for the volatility reason is actually good for tournaments. Mm-hmm. Up against the clock, got to get out of here. Do appreciate you guys watching. Do like, do subscribe, turn on notifications. Listen to the show live. Live, you can interact with us. It's good times. A lot of people listen to it on the playback. Before we go, before we step aside, as always, everyone knows who you guys are, but just remind them, Rich, where can they find your content? Yeah, at Lurdies on Twitter, sharpfootballanalysis.com, weekly worksheet. Uh, every Wednesday with my boys Dean and Daigle at uh, 9 Eastern. John? At Najee Daigle on Twitter, go to NBCSportsEdge.com for my waiver wire column. You can read it Tuesday and Wednesday. It's written for everybody, even telling people to drop A.J. Dillon if they're in 14 <laughs> leagues that only have A.J. Dillon as every player. And then a good football show on iTunes and Spotify. That was Rich Rebar. That was John Daigle. That was producer Devin. This was the NFL Pick 6 Show. I was Dean. Thanks for watching. We're out of here. Holler.